everybody and welcome to podcast number 75. Today I have someone very new to the comedy scene. It's Dominic Burrell. Welcome Dominic, thank you for joining us. Hello, it's lovely to be here Lane. Thank you very much for having me. So now you were actually born and raised in London and went to Westminster College, the most prestigious school in the UK. Oh, to be born in the catchment area, eh? Uh, before going off to a university in Bristol to gain a degree in Spanish and Portuguese. That, that is all true, yes. Um, I, I had quite a privileged upbringing. I'm very fortunate. I had, had quite a nice life, which <laughs> I don't think is that common for comedians. <laughs> a lot of people write from a place of pain, whereas, yeah, I've... I'm writing from a place of a lovely warm feeling inside. (laughs) (laughs) And and I would be really impressed with someone who does so many languages um, to, to, but this is actually your second language. Was Portuguese your second language? Um, What, so English is my first, oh, if I go back to start, so I knew Spanish before I knew English. Yes. I, <laughs> um, I went to a Spanish nursery and then when I rocked up to my first day um, of school um, in England, I couldn't speak. So they had to get another boy to like interpret between me and <laughs> me and the teacher. Um, I then studied French at school. I studied Latin. I don't know if I can say I speak that. <laughs> um, and then I cheated. <laughs> I cheated quite a lot and did Spanish at uni with Portuguese as well, which written down is basically the same thing. <laughs> I just to have a good time at uni. <laughs> so, so were you involved in any of the dramatics or comedy scene that, at university or did that just pass you by? No, nothing at all. It never never really occurred to me at all I think I was always a very shy person until I got to uni and that's when I really came out of my shell and um, I'd always been really interested in comedy um, like loved comedy se- TV comedy series like Alan Partridge The Office Peep Show The Mighty Boosh grew up on the stuff absolutely loved it um, so I think comedy was always my energizer. I always wanted to make people laugh, but I was never a performer. And this is like my first experience of it. Um, at nursery, I played the role of a, a tomato <laughs> um, in the nativity. <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> where the tomato was in the, in the Bible, but I mean, that was the, the strength of my performance skills. Um, so yeah, I'm, it's all new to me and it's all very exciting. So, and it was during the pandemic when arts actually came to a standstill, you thought would be the best time to start doing stand-up. Uh, and you're not <laughs> alone. There were a lot of people taking on comedy during the lockdown. How, that must have been really hard. What made you think, oh, let's do comedy now? Was there a specific moment? Or was it just that it was something you always fancied doing but never had the time? Well, it was something I used to like, I used to go to bed and just be like oh imagine imagine being a stand-up comedian that would be great but I always be like well realistically I'm never gonna do that it's too tough um but then one day I was hanging around with one of my mates who's the guy called Tom who's like the nicest person ever and I think out of politeness he just spent the whole day just laughing at everything I said (laughs) so it made me feel really funny and then I got home and I just had a little brainwave being like oh, my mum's a bit of a nutter. I'm going to write a stand-up set about her. Um, 
And as I was writing, when I went on Facebook, um, I just saw an advert for an angel comedy course. Um, and I was like, this is a sign from the heavens. Like, this <laughs> is my calling. <laughs> um, unfortunately, it's probably just Facebook analytics, <laughs> as I've learned since. Um, but really, it was that. And it was locked. Down. I had nothing else to do. And it was just it was just something fun, really, yeah. which I, I believe you two got into it during lockdown as well am I right in think certainly Graham because I was on a course with him yeah we did we we used lockdown to hone some of our our stuff quite seriously so we've done quite a lot there's been lots online and it's been actually fantastic so did you do a lot of zoom gigs as well I did I was just totting them up uh, this morning I, I did 20 um which is still slightly more than I've done live gigs, but I, I quite enjoyed it. It was quite nice doing it from your room. Um, I managed to set up a, a kind of a unique style of doing it where I had images popping up during my, my set, which if the material was rubbish, at least <laughs> a picture of, a, of Enrique Iglesias might make someone laugh. Um, so that was quite interesting. And so it made it, quite a tough transition to go onto stage because also like the laughter because you'd say a joke and then there was a second delay and then someone might laugh and then someone with a slower connection might laugh two seconds later and, and it's all a bit bit of that and then when I went to do my first ever live performance the the feedback is so instant like I wasn't ready to then do my next line because I was waiting <laughs> I was expecting to wait five seconds until the next one so yeah so there is there is definitely a difference and um it, but but it's more you get immediate feedback there which I think in in live there's something exciting there's something extra um because on some of the zooms you don't even hear them laughing do you Exactly, or <laughs> well, most of them, because of my <laughs> my new material. <laughs> but one of the the other interesting things as well, and I I learnt it from Graham. But by my third gig, I was doing New York, I was doing Tokyo, I was doing Ohio. I was within <laughs> within the space of a couple of weeks, I was suddenly uh, an acclaimed international comedian. <laughs> now, how far are you prepared to travel for a live gig? Yeah, it's it's a lot more time consuming now, isn't it? Um, I've done one in Birmingham. Um, I travelled to Southampton and then and no one showed up, not in the MC. <laughs> um, and I've done one in Oxford as well. So I've done a bit of travelling. Um, I'll go anywhere <laughs> if they want to pay me, if anyone's listening to this and they want to get me to... To, to Newcastle I'll, I'll come <laughs> <laughs> that's right so so that's really good so you're quite happy to find so there you go people listening um and so you've, you've got a five minute set ready to go um so you're quite sporty as well because you're a boxer aren't you, you do boxing <laughs> I I did boxing for a month at uni and I I broke one of my fingers when I was just playing American football in the park with some friends and I never went back to it, but my mentality stayed that I was a boxer. <laughs> and so I used to go out and if anyone looked at me funny um, for the listener, I'm, I'm a very small five foot eight person <laughs> who's the least intimidating um, boy you'll ever meet. Um, 
but yeah, my mentality was I was a boxer. So people would look at me and I'd be like, what are you looking at? Do you not realize I'm a boxer? <laughs> and it ended up, I ended up getting into quite a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, not too much trouble, but yeah. So. Yeah, no, I'm not a boxer. <laughs> <laughs> um, even though you've only just started your comedy career, you've decided to get together with a group of people and actually do uh, go to Camden Festival in your very first year that's I have yeah it was it was never something that I would have anticipated doing or even contemplated um but we did a it's it's all from a comedy course that we did um I think nine of us we did Deck Munro's um kind of intermediate comedy course it was build your next 10 and at the end he was like you guys should definitely do it like like you're good enough blah 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 this is how you do it and we were like yeah let's do it and yeah um we've sold out one of our shows um which is really exciting we're doing it at the Camden Eye in August um and yeah one of the shows is sold out but we're we're selling tickets for the other three dates and and yeah we're really looking forward to it we've got a really nice nice spot and some really great comedians and and that's called Dex Angels Dex Angels yeah, Dex Angels to full throttle. <laughs> full throttle. And that's and it's the 10th and the 12th of August and the 25th and 26th. That is true. Um the 12th is the sold out day. So that's please, true. please come along to the others. And um and I'm just trying to look to see where say where oh the Camden Eye. You said the Camden, Camden Eye. Camden Eye and so that's tickets available at Yes, and tickets are available at camdenfringefestival.com. Brilliant, brilliant. There you go, there's your advert. Graham, is there anything that you'd like to ask, Dominic? Yeah, so, so Dominic, um, how are you finding the comedy scene? So it's, it's tough work, I would say, because um, you, don't, you don't automatically start with a, a five-minute set at the Apollo. Um, it's a lot of grinding around the open mic scene where you're performing to other comics who, who, to be honest, are all, are all very good. And there's obviously very limited spots to, to kind of get paid gigs and then go onto TV. So I feel like it looks like it's a, a long journey ahead. Um, so, yeah, ve- very competitive, some, some great talent on there. A lot of, a, lot of a mix and of diverse acts, which... I think historically you tend to just see middle-class white men on bills, but certainly from the ground up these days, it looks like there's lots of really exciting acts. Um, So yeah, it's tough, but it's exciting at the same time. From, for you starting out, do you, have you worked out what your redeeming feature is to enable you to stand out yet? Or are you just finding your feet slow as you're going from club to club and from meeting as many diverse people as possible? So, yeah, how do I stand out? I've, I've dyed my hair blonde <laughs> and shaved it. Um, but someone told me, don't do that, because then you become a prop comic and everyone hates <laughs> prop comics. Um, my, um, my idea was to focus on the fact that I'm half Spanish, um, which, and so most of my material's been um, aimed at that. I've got, anyone who's got a foreign mother will know that, nine times out of ten they're absolutely mental and so she gives me a lot of material 
And I thought, yeah, it would, it would help me stand out. But in the London scene, everyone's very multicultural. You're either half something or half another. And there's quite a lot of Spanish people on the scene. So I might, it's, it's working so far. It's, I think it's interesting, but I might have to find something a bit further to, to differentiate me. I, I mean, I'm just thinking about it. I mean, have you explored the Spanish comedy market yet and sort of do it for long weekends, obviously post-COVID? Yeah, it's a good idea, actually. Yeah, why, why did I not think about that? <laughs> it's a good idea. Because um, I doubt there's, because, you know, I'd have to write material for, like, as an Englishman in Spain, which I think I could probably write quite a lot about. I think that would be quite interesting. Cheers, Graham. How much that's, do I owe you no, for that? <laughs> um, it's, well, it's all part of the contract. Um, <laughs> she signed six months ago. <laughs> And I signed over my soul, Um, yeah. (laughs) You did. (laughs) And so at the moment, I mean, how are you developing your style, do you think? think, Only in general. I think like like we were chatting about at the start, um, I've I've never really performed, so I I don't really have a style. Well, I didn't have a style going in. So I've been, so just getting out on stage and just finding what feels comfortable. And it seems that I... I quite like short, sharp jokes to get to the punchline quite quickly. I like being silly. Um, I've started to quite enjoy um, doing some audience participation as well, getting the, the crowd involved. I think that really energises me. I did, I did a very lovely gig with you guys on Sunday where we had a, a very, <laughs> very enthusiastic <laughs> member of the audience <laughs> who... <laughs> who I'd say I did a double act with, really. <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed it. I, but I, I had a great time. And, and since then, I think I want to try and introduce that a bit more into, into my stuff. Where do you see yourself in like, five years' time in comedy? Uh, are you going to go through, for example, from the stand-up scene into the long stand-up scene, let's say, to be 60-minute stand-up shows? Or do you think you'll develop into a particular area? I guess that's the that's the path, isn't it? That's the holy grail doing your your sixty minute shows. Um, mm-hmm. but the, the thought of that absolutely terrifies me. Like I find it hard enough to learn a, a five minute set, and going up to a ten minute set, um, I've just about managed it by learning two fives together. But I feel my <laughs> my head's at capacity to to think I have to do another five times of that scares me so I think what what I would be quite excited about I think would be just doing like club comedy sets doing 20s and max 30s I think I think that would be quite interesting because hearing about hour-long shows I think you, you need to talk about something meaningful and have like an epiphany at the end of it and to be honest I just want to make people laugh I just want to tell silly things I want to yeah uh chat with the audience when I have a good time I want everyone to have a good time so at the moment feels that that 60 minutes feels a bit foreign but I'd love to yeah get regular 20 days going and and just and hitting on that point you know actually studying let's not studying sorry hitting on the point of you know learning and memorizing five minutes and also setting up the punchline and getting making getting the point across how much time do you spend on learning your five minutes so I so the first time I did it I spent 
probably two days trying to learn my five minutes and it went it didn't go too well I had a few blanks and then the way the the way I thought to dress it or firstly because I was doing everything on zoom I was just reading it off screen so I never even had to think of that but when I first started doing live comedy um or the second time what I decided to do was to learn it really well a week beforehand and then every night into the mirror just pretend that I'm doing a five minute set go through it if I muck up then I carry on I bustle through it and I just did that every single night and then when it got to actually performing for the first time I found that trying to think of it wasn't even a thing like I just had it on autopilot I could more focus on the performance side and I've been doing that ever since I just every every chance I get I'll just do a five minute set into the mirror and it yeah it come it comes out pretty well the the tricky bit now is when I do little tweaks but I'm already in autopilot mode that sometimes gets me a bit confused but I found that really works and it's not as easy as it you know to all the other listeners out there it's not as easy as it looks actually getting up and doing your first five minutes even as even for you Dominic who's done let's say we're talking up to about 40 shows whether live or say live zoom or live audience now it's just something you have to do absolutely i think that's that's what everyone always says doesn't it you just need to keep doing it and keep doing it and especially those first few times it is absolutely terrifying i was <laughs> i was sick for a whole week <laughs> in the run up to my first zoom gig um just with the nerves um but just by doing it so yeah now I'm coming up to about 40 gigs and I've got to the point where I'm not nervous until I'm the next person up which I th- I'm not sure if that will ever go away but I think it's a it's a big improvement from a week of illness <laughs> <laughs> now now I know you wanted me to ask you this question and um so obviously it's a bit undecided yet what direction you're going to be going in but let's say the BBC came along and offered you one million. It may not be enough for you, Dominic. You may want five. But let's say you start at one million. What type of series are you going to give them for at least six episodes and one series? So I've, I've, always, I've always thought about this, and I'm a big fan of the podcast, though I've heard um, you've been asking this to other people, so I was like, I really hope Graham asks me. Um, a while ago, I'm not sure if it's suitable for the BBC, but I've always been thinking that it'd be really funny to do a sitcom in the uh, amongst the adult industry. Um, in, partic- <laughs> in particular, there's there's a role that I, I haven't done too much research into it yet, but apparently there's a role called the fluffer who keeps the, let's say, the acts stage ready <laughs> in between scenes um with a little, like fluffing <laughs> instrument and i imagine there must be so such funny conversations that happen during that you can make it so mundane and just from the surface porn is such a funny thing in terms of like the the different names of different things the characters the scenarios i'm sure if i did um if I did some more delving into it, I'm sure it's a very, very dark place. And I'd probably need to add another two zeros onto that BBC funding to, to battle I, cases. I, I, 
<laughs> I, and I also think it's going to be very hard, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Graham, it will be very hard. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, back to the <laughs> So ideally, is your dream now to be obviously a sitcom writer, um, but a stand-up comedian? Or are you doing it as a hobby or something that you would like to pursue seriously? I'm doing it as a hobby at the moment. I don't want to put too much pressure on myself. I think it's a it's a tough time these days. Lots of um, people struggling with mental their mental health, um, and yeah, the the expectations and pressures that people put on themselves, I think, can or really adds to that. It certainly has um, for me. So at the moment, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. If it could happen, then that would be absolutely fantastic because I'm really enjoying it at the moment. Um, but I'm not going to put any pressure on myself just at this point. OK. And the very last question, why should people come and see your show at the Camden Fringe when there's so many other shows out there? So I think people should should come and see our show. We've got nine fantastic comedians, um, all who are uh, big names on the, the Zoom comedy scene, and they've They've done really well in terms of translating their material onto a live stage. Um, they've done several comedy courses before, and I've seen every every single one of them perform, and they've they've been absolutely fantastic. We're in a lovely pub um, just opposite Camden Town Tube Station, so it's nice and central. The room's brilliant. The drinks are really nice. It's going to be a lovely time. I'm going to be emceeing one of the nights, so... I'll I'll be there to take the piss out of you. <laughs> I'll be there to make you laugh, smile, feel all the emotions under the sun. Um, and if you've listened to this podcast and you've enjoyed it, then I'm a lot more funnier <laughs> when I've had time to prep. So there you go. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, Dominic, for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you, listeners, for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye. This has been a podcast recording for a whole lot of comedy.